Blog Talk Radio. Joining us on Three Women, Three Ways. We're the show that tackles some pretty difficult topics sometimes, but sometimes they're not as difficult as others. And hopefully, we'll get a few chuckles out of today's topic, or at least have an understanding on uh, what makes women and humor and what makes us tick. So, those are lofty goals, but I have some pretty lofty ladies here with me to help me achieve them. Peggy Platt is with us. She is a Seattle comedian and of long-standing and great reputation. Peggy, are you there? I am there. Thank you for you joining doing? us. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Um, really enjoyed my Google search on you because I've learned some things that I didn't know before, so that was always fun. And also, Kristen Kirkham. Kristen, are you with us? Yes, I am. And I Good. didn't Google Thank search you. you. You didn't Google search me? <laughs> what were you no. doing with your time, woman? Um, I was seeing what <laughs> women in comedy today are saying. Oh, oh, okay, all right. Well, the um, the the pitch that we sent out about today's show um, had one of uh, Kristen's lines in it, that men like women with a sense of humor, but by that they mean a woman who laughs at their jokes, the men's jokes, Preferably while their boobs are jiggling. Now, did you come across that insight through your experience, Kristen? No, it's just a joke. And you need to work on your delivery, doesn't she, Peggy? A little bit, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let, let me I know clear her here. Joke. I am not her, her a comedian joke, Do here. your joke, because what she did actually was combine our two jokes about that. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Okay. I have, I used to do the joke which was um, when, a, when, a woman, when, when, a, um, when a man is looking for a woman with a sense of humor, he means a woman who will laugh at her jo- his jokes. And her joke, if I can paraphrase, because I love this joke of Christians, Kristen's, is slightly different. And this is something that's important when you're talking about doing jokes because we all have a way of saying things. And, and, uh, and her, actually, you do your delivery because your joke about the Jiggling makes it very different than my joke. I think that I may have stolen your joke and then added another punchline. Oh no no I no think, no no! I mean, I think I, think I got this mine. Happens all the time. Oh no 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 no! I think I got I think I got mine out of a book, but it was you know you make <laughs> observations and you make it you make it your own because that's a uh, there are some truly original statements and then there are some that are that are observations that are truisms from life. You know, this is a problem with all comedy. And I'll tell you the worst example. One night I worked with a, a famous woman headliner from L.A., and I watched her whole act, and I went, this is so great. And the next night I went on stage, I'm her opening act, and I did almost exactly one of her bits. And as I'm saying Uh-oh. it, I thought it was original. And then... She goes up, she does her bit. It's something about women being like cows or being treated like cows. And as soon as she said it, I went, oh, my God, I stole her bit and I did it right in front of her. <laughs> oh, I know. It's really, it's really hard to do. Well, this no, is no, how I remember you go. afterwards and say anything, or do you guys just realize that this I, happens? I did. I, went, I just went up and groveled. I said, I'm so sorry. I didn't. I thought I, thought I made up a knee joke. I'm so sorry. And, of course, I heard it from you. She's like, I have 
it's it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, we do that all the time. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, look, there is nothing new in the world anyway. I mean, who was it that said something like there are three original stories in the world and that's it? You know, everything else is a derivation of it. Comedians um, really try to be original, though. We are striving to be original, unlike every other art form where they all steal openly from one another. Well, one of my well, favorite quotes. I, I about... will share my observation about comedians, my very, okay, very, very limited observation. You folks are really serious about what you do. Really yeah. serious, yeah. and yeah, and and I think that that might be a shock to a lot of people who think that everybody just sits around cracking jokes all day, and then at night you just brush your teeth and comb your hair and go on stage and do the same thing. My mother was shocked when I became a comedian. She said, "But you were such a serious little girl." I was seriously studying comedy as much as I could. I just wasn't saying yeah. it out loud. Absolutely. Well, Kristen, I remember and, and one time. That is something I people said, don't realize. And, yeah. and you know, they've always said when you're talking about actors that the very best actors are comics. Mm-hmm. They've always said that. That if you're an actor and all you can do is serious stuff, then you're not a good actor. Every actor that's worth their, their salt can can do comedy. And it's be, and, and um, it's if you can do comedy then you've worked at it. And yeah. it's not enough just to be funny. But if you can do the art of comedy, then you've worked at it. And, Look at and John Hamm. Okay, go ahead, Kristen. Go ahead, yeah. Look at John Hamm Madman. That was a very dramatic role. But that man is a clown. He's an improviser. He's an improv teacher. And a lot of the other actors on Mad Men doing serious roles are comedy and improv people. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, um, what was it that I was going to say? Um, anyway, I'll think of it later. It'll, it'll come important. to you. Jump in. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So the the whole thing that I thought we should talk about, and I noticed this years and years ago. I noticed this when I was a kid. Men laugh at things that I don't think are necessarily funny. And things that I find uproarious, men look at me like I'm crazy when I'm laughing and responding that way. So there's a difference between men's and women's humor, or is that just my limited little world? I had a, uh, uh, when I was new in stand-up, you know, I go up, I'm the opening act, I'm struggling. I get off stage, the male headliner pulls me aside. He says, hey, listen, you divided the room in half. The women laughed, the men did not. You need have to learn to do more normal comedy. And I being normal. sarcastic that yeah, I said being and I said, uh, oh, you mean like your act? You mean like dick jokes and uh, football and getting drunk and the smart ass thing you said to the cop when he stopped you for driving drunk? He goes, yeah, like that, normal stuff. You know, because <laughs> they were ninety eight percent of the field of stand up comedy back then. It was all men. The men thought what they were doing was normal stuff. They didn't see it was male humor from a male point of view. Nobody referenced it like that. But when, you know, we do comedy, it's like, oh, you're doing women's humor from a women's point of view. No, we're each yeah. people talking about see, I don't we think, know and experience. I don't think that there's a difference between men's comedy and women's comedy, which I think is what yeah. Christian is saying, too. Kristen, I've been Whatever talking name. about it's somebody early. named Kristen, and then it came out <laughs> as Kristen. Anyway, um, um, 
I, I, but I do think that the same reason that nobody wants to, the nobody wants to talk about um, one of the biggest reasons that Hillary didn't get elected is that she's a woman. Nobody wants to talk about that. Everybody I is wonder- making up all kinds of excuses about stuff. But here's the facts, Jack. There's a whole lot of people who don't think a woman can do the job. And that's always been the case. And that's something that I did just recently is talk to a couple of younger comics that even though it's less prevalent, there's still this idea that we're, that somehow our, our sex is a gimmick. And yeah. that, <laughs> well, uh, like we're the, we're the dancing poodle act. We're the, right? we're, the, we're the variety act, the dancing poodle, the plate center. Yes, exactly. We're the and and it's, it's about a placebo. One of the things that comment that, that I always would get from men is, you know, I was really surprised that I would like women's humor so much. <laughs> and I used to talk about very, I mean, sometimes I would get very um, specific about my problems. And because I'm a woman, I would talk about my problems, which are women's problems. And I, exactly. by some people, I would get labeled as a woman's comic yeah. because I'm talking about myself. But when um, Bill Cosby, and I'm going to say him because he's still a classic example yeah. in, in comedy. We don't have to talk about roofies. Um, but when we, you know, he is a classic monologist who talks about himself. Yeah. No one said he's a classic male comic. Yes. <laughs> well, but they that's said what he's we've a monologist who talks about himself. I mean, you could be a great woman writer. You can be a great writer. You can be a great woman yeah. writer. Nobody ever yeah. says great male writer. Um, exactly. But I wanted to ask you about this whole notion of, um, you know, Kristen, you and I talked briefly about this. You said, uh, Peggy, that um we women comics would kind of set themselves apart purposely or i guess what i'm referring to is you know i grew up a hundred years ago in the era of seeing um the joan rivers and the um oh gosh what was her name that always wore the frumpy stuff Kristen. um Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and they always diminished their appearance. They did everything they could to make themselves look frumpy and ugly. Did they do that so they'd be taken more seriously? Why did they do yes, that? That's, Was that's that because why I always wear a fat suit on stage? I'm actually very well. Thin. Yeah, I mean, part <laughs> of it was taken more seriously, but I think also part of it is that, um, is that you were deemed in those days, and this is something that Joan Rivers talks about, is that part of the reason that she got so involved in fashion and all that kind of stuff is that she was required to make sure that her makeup was perfect and that she was wearing the proper outfit in the proper area and her hair had to be set and she had to do it where a guy could just show up at an open mic and just do his thing and be casual. Women had to dress for it because there was still the idea the same, the same way that women had to be tarted up, like you said, on Mad Men, Um, that there was, that, you had to have the costume of a woman. And if you're not a gorgeous gal, then you pl- you the costume of your woman is to be the fat woman or the ugly woman or the shrewish woman or the whatever. That I, I didn't... Go on. 
What? I did an, exper- an experiment <laughs> early on in my stand-up. Uh-huh. And uh, it was a Saturday night at the club, and there's two shows on Saturday night. So for the first show, I wore my usual outfit, just casual top and pants, maybe primary colors, people like that, and a big laugh. And then before the second show, I changed. I put on a slightly low-cut top and a short skirt. And then I went out on stage and did the exact same act, the exact same way, no laughs. It confused them. They, I don't know what they're thinking. They're like, is she sexy? Does she think she's sexy? Does my boyfriend think she's sexy? Nobody was listening. So I found, you know, dressed up, not good. No, but also, um, I, and I say this with all the love in the world, but you're not, you're not a, a you know, a, a, a floozy. You're not a, you're not a, you're not a, 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 a little petite thing that, that wears what those kinds saying, of things. What are you saying, what? Yeah, just big bones. <laughs> right. Right. So they, uh, they expect you to dress like the person that they perceive you physically. And oh, part of that is normal. And, uh, you know, guys have to figure out whether they're going to be a suit guy or whether they're going to be a jeans person or whatever. But they're, they're, they have more leeway than we do. I think that's starting to change. That's one of the things that I think is very different in the clubs today is that there is less of a costume. There is less of an idea put on how you dress and all those kinds of things. And no no um, persona. In other words, just the person. Absolutely. That's where I think things are really changing. So that's what we're saying. Well, back in the Joan Rivers and, and uh, Phyllis Diller era, a woman had to have, a persona, a gimmick, if you will, in order right. to be taken Cody seriously. Field, so that Rusty Warren, you know, you yeah, look at Rusty yeah. Warren, she was considered so dirty, and yeah. she is, you know, one-tenth of Lisa Lampanelli, but she was considered, her whole gimmick was dirty and sex, you know, and yeah. she was just being a little bit blue. And if a guy had done a little bit blue, no problem. But she was like, oh, my God, it's a woman being blue, you know. Yeah, women have to balance edginess with likability. Unfortunately, we mm-hmm. still need to be likable getting up on stage because there's already so much prejudice against us in some of the audience. Unless it's a real hip comedy room, you know. But if it's just a general public, they're like, oh, woman, she won't be funny. She will say men, she will rip men to shreds and talk about her period. You know, we have all that for pers- their baggage to to deal with when we get there. So we can't always be as edgy as we'd like to be. I've well, always said so, that I got a leg up. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Peggy. I've always said that I had a leg up in comedy because um, my parents valued humor. Mm. Um, my mother was um, an extremely accepting person, but she had been told her entire life that she was pretty and supposed to raise children. Mm-hmm. And... She was extremely smart, and um, and she was supposed to be with children. She ended up becoming a teacher, but it, she uh, probably would have done more academia had she not just been constantly told, you're supposed to be pretty and ch- raise children. So oh when God. she's 20 years old and 
she has major surgery and she's told she's never going to have children, her world, my brother and I are adopted. Mm -hmm. And she always pulled me aside and said, I may not say everything as, as bold as I want to. And, uh, but I'm never going to, um, let you not succeed in what you want to do. And basically she told me, I can't be a feminist, but I want you to be. That's what she was saying in her roundabout way. You want to be a comedian, you be a comedian. And she was always the first one to laugh hysterically till she cried at everything I did. And she laughed at me as a kid and she never told me that it was not ladylike to do that sort of thing. And girls were constantly told that it was not ladylike to crack jokes. Yeah, oh, that yeah, I got that. Ladylike yeah, behavior. And both my dad and my mother. I got that. Yeah. Yeah. Both, both my dad and my mother said, you, you're funny and we're going to laugh at you and that's a good thing. You know, I had my own issues as far as, you know, weight and, and stuff in school and BS about things. Like, I mean, you know, everybody has issues. But um, but that was like family stuff. But when it came to the art of comedy, they looked at it as an art. My brother's a saxophonist, and I'm a stand. I was a stand-up comic, so obviously they said it's okay to be yourself. Listen, I'm going to jump in here. If you'd like to join us in our conversation, let me throw out the phone number: six four six three seven eight zero four three zero. That's six four six three seven eight. 0430. We also have the chat room open. If you want to type something in there, I'll share it with our guests. Now, uh, Kristen and Peggy, I, I, I want you to know that I do do my homework. And I came across a book um, that was written by an academic, it looks like, called Pretty Slash Funny, Women, Comedians, and Body Politics by Linda Mizajewski, Mizajewski, M-I-Z-E-J-E-W-S-K-I, and uh, that came out 2014. In that book, she talks about another piece that I encountered from Christopher Hitchens. Do you know who Christopher Hitchens is? Yes. Yeah. He he was a political commentarist in the early uh, 2000s. This article came out in 2007. Pretty nasty character. Anything I've ever read from him I thought was particularly nasty. And he, of course, decided to take on women comedians. And I read um, a couple of his comments, and he basically said that you either – well, I'll, I'll quote. Um, he said he, he characterizes women comics as either being, quote, hefty or dikey or Jewish. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, nice guy, right? Nice British. guy. Um, He's but British, though, the, right? fact, the fact is that kind of blends in with what we were saying about early uh, television comedians. Um, you know, I mean, they had to have that shtick. They had to. And what? How do you feel about his comment? I mean, well, that's uh, well. I dismiss it just like I dismiss Jerry Lewis and all the old guys who have a limited experience with any stand-up comedy, women in comedy, you know, they're from an eon that's gone, thank God. I think women are funnier today. Girls are growing up funnier. We used to have the old boy culture versus girl culture that made so few women comic. Because boys are raised, they are joking with each other, they are heckling each other, they're insulting each other, and they're copying each other. 
So they have a natural comedy thing, whereas girls were raised to be nice, polite, sweet, supportive. You didn't get so many women comics, although oddly yeah. from a child. Well, and, you know, Bridesmaids is one of the funniest movies ever. Oh, and it is. It's just what? funny. What movie? Mm-hmm. Bridesmaids. Oh, okay. All right, sure. Right. And, yeah. and and that happens to be all women in the leads, and that yep. is a cross-section of all women and all kinds of women, and they're all yucking it up, and it's just funny. And it's more and more people are allowing you to just be funny. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, well, I think that haven't women, I mean, women uh, comedians have really come to their own in the last few years. So, I mean, Tina Fey yeah. and, you know, I mean, Kathy Griffith kind of uh, jumps the, well, the era. Tina Fey is not she's a really, comic. This is, well, the, she, one, this uh, is she, the distinction. She, she, she's she's yeah, go ahead. A, an actress and a writer, and, and she never, ever did stand-up comedy. And right. so the art of stand-up, we're all comedians, comic actors, whatever, comics, whatever. We're all comedians. But the mm-hmm. art of stand-up comedy is a different art form, and there is a different set of rules and limitations on each one of these disciplines. Uh-huh. And those women that came from sketch comedy didn't necessarily do stand-up. And and those kinds of things, but I'm, I'm in the movies, yes, I will agree. The, yeah, I'm one of the few people that I know that from improv to stand up, because I did a lot of improv back in San Francisco and L.A., and yeah. then came to Seattle and did stand up. Uh, others would try, and they just it was a whole they would get freaked out. It was a whole different thing. Yeah, and, and it's also a completely different discipline. That, that a lot but of I think you'll agree with me that it helped you be a better stand-up. Absolutely, yeah. But a lot of, and a lot of stand-ups didn't know what to do when something went wrong in the room because they had no improv skills. Yeah, because you know, it's not about and, having a whole set of pat lines. It's about knowing how to ha- have action and reaction with your audience. And the best go, people go that deal with hecklers are improvisers. I had the worst time... I rarely got heckled, but when I did, I was dumbfounded because I hadn't been raised a boy and didn't have a lot of insult jokes in my arsenal. It was, I would have to like learn heckler jokes from other comedians and just memorize them, you know. I rarely got heckled, thank God. (laughs) That wasn't one of my strong suits. Yeah, I I actually got heckled a fair amount, Um, but um, I just, I had to learn to do it as, as I was doing it. And as a result of doing stand-up, I was actually approached by improvisers and said, you would be a good improviser. And I actually went back and took improv classes and got involved in theater sports, unexpected productions, those kinds of things. Um, I got involved with those people, and I learned that discipline and did, um, did that after doing it. So, you know, I... I did stand-up, I did theater first, then I did stand-up, then I learned improv, all the time doing stand-up, and then I got involved in sketch, and sketch comedy, musical sketch comedy, and parody, and writing and stuff like that is what I'm doing 99% of now. 
Um, and it's all comedy. Yeah. Well, what's it's not okay, all stand up? Back up. What's comedy? Com- is comedy anything that makes us laugh? Yeah. I mean, I am a comedian. I am. Tina Fey is a comedian, but Tina Fey is not a stand-up comic. Stand-up comic okay, yeah. delivers jokes in a comedy club. And so Kristen and I happen to be stand-up comics. We also happen to be improvisers. Okay. Okay. So a whole different and set so, of But stuff. we're both comedians, and uh-huh. lots of people who are, you know, very talented comedians um, in the movies and in theater and things like that, they're comedians. Um, they 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 exercise the art of comedy, and some people don't even like to refer to themselves as as stand up comics or comics because they want to get into film and all those different kinds of things. So they don't like to label themselves that way, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, talk, talking about Tina Fey makes makes me remember this great sketch on Amy Schumer's show. Well, I, won't, I can't say the word, uh, last effable day. And after this show is over, people should go to YouTube and Google Amy Sh- What is it? Uh, I, I think Chris's uh, phone is... Are you, is oh, your phone she said out? the last effable day. There you um, go. I don't, oh, okay. We don't know if we're allowed to say profanity on your show. Well, I'd rather you not, but, you know, I mean, there the world go. won't end. The FCC doesn't doesn't come, uh, you know, knocking on my door too frequently. Um, but it's better not to, I think, because um, okay. it is a general it's a great, audience. It's a, great, it's a great sketch. It's got Tina Fey, Patricia Arquette, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And these are older women in acting who have realized it comes to the, the end of what, you know, the industry considers them as sexy anymore. This are now the end of it, you know. Is still yeah. young and beautiful, and there's some of that not so much in stand-up comedy, but in general for women in showbiz. There's uh-huh. a thing yeah. about age. Let's get a young one. Can we get a young, hot-looking one in here for the TV yeah. show? Okay. Well, it doesn't it seem like you, you know you were talking about the difference with the younger um, uh, comedians out there. It seems to me like they're all very attractive. I was reading yeah. a thing that um that uh, oh again I keep losing her name the 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 frumpy one Phyllis Diller I read I have no idea whether this is true or not but I in doing this research I I found an article where she supposedly posed for Playboy and they were yeah. going to I guess do a funny thing about her turns out she was gorgeous and so they didn't run it because they felt that that they that was just too inconsistent she had a great for body. them that this, she yeah. had a great rack <laughs> yeah, I've heard so, that story too. Yeah, so in that case, I mean, she made her her did her career depend on her being a frump that we could all laugh at? I, I mean, there there used to be this thing that women wouldn't let other women be successful at pick a career because right. women would feel threatened by another woman. I don't think I've ever well, really felt that, but do you see that? Well, I think that well, we have. Seen it. I think the point is that that. No offense to you, Heather, but these are uh-huh. things that Kristen and I have already dealt with. Yeah. These issues are things that I've already dealt with. And what's what's great and hopeful is that people are now realizing that there's a lot of good working comics out there and it doesn't matter, good working female comics out there, and they don't have to look a certain way or be a certain thing 
and that people are able to decide, well, I'm going to use this gimmick or I'm going to use that gimmick, and it doesn't necessarily involve their tits. You know, it, it doesn't involve um, the fact that they happen to be, you know, have a vagina. It just is that they're doing stand-up. So they can be a monologist or they can be a prop comic or they can do all these things. And people aren't saying woman prop comic. You know, people have already stopped saying black prop comic, black this, black that, you know, because that's racist and we get slapped with it. But it's still not considered sexist to say female this, female that. And well, it's still going it, on. The, what I found in my research from, is that everything that we've endured over the past 30 years is still going on for women in comedy, unfortunately. This is from a 26. This is from it's a 2016. This is from a 2016 article. Tina Fey says it's actually a terrible time to be a woman in comedy. If you were to really look at it, the boys are still getting more money for a lot less for a lot of garbage. Yes. Well, the ladies are hustling and doing amazing work for less. A yes. woman named Chelsea Taylor, who runs a weekly stand-up show in New York, said. Clubs, not just in New York, but all over the country, notoriously pay female headliners way less and book female headliners not as often. That's the main thing, is that clubs rarely book female headliners. And when you're coming up in comedy and you're seeing that, it can be really discouraging. Well, and and, um, yes, I I would agree with that, but I do think it's better than it was. And also I would there's, agree a with problem, there's a problem in the improv companies that have come out in the last couple of years of women getting sexually harassed, and that's always been going on, but suddenly in the last couple of years, some women have been making official complaints. They're getting told, you know, have sex with me or you don't get on stage, or we, you know, women aren't funny, let's limit the number of women. That's always been going on. It's like two women in an improv comedy, and I, I was sent home once because the guy said, we yeah, we've already got women. a woman. Yeah, we got two women here tonight. We don't need another woman. I said, wait a minute. You got six men. Oh, no, a seventh one just walked in the door. Are you going to tell him we have too many men and send him home? No, I went home. That's what happened. They're still doing that, limiting the number of women allowed on stage. And, Kristen, you're saying that that hasn't changed all that much. Peggy, you're saying that it has. No, 30 years, no. I think it has. It, 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 It has changed all that much. There's still a lot more to do. You know, it's, there's a lot more to do, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that there are a lot of women, at least in the Seattle scene and at least in most of the smaller clubs are starting to say, screw you. I'm going to do what I want to do. Uh, screw you. I'm going to say, talk about stuff that is true to me and not look at it as a fem- a, a, a female thing. And so people are starting to break through. There, there is still sexism. There's still problems. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that is that I'm just wondering if part of the problem is that we have to stop it looking at ourselves level. as oppressed. Okay. Okay. We have to I stop looking at being a- oppressed and take power and not accept the smaller amount of money. Mm-hmm. It, it is important to say that we get paid less. It's not important yeah. to take the job because they're paying you less. You, you, it's important to open your mouth and say, I am going to take this larger amount of money. How much is Bob getting paid? I want yeah. what he's getting. 
that's what some of these women said. Well, yeah, but we all know that what, ladies, what that's like. I mean, we all have to pay the rent, and we all know what it's like. I mean, it's if you if you have resources, it's one, it's great to stand on principle. If you don't have the resources, you, I mean, standing on principle becomes an ideal, not a practical thing. I I think. So I appreciate what you're saying, Brill. Peggy, but I'm wondering how realistic it is for most women out there. Eddie Brill was the well, that's for bull, the... but then we'll never get better. We'll never we'll never be able to stand on our own two feet if we always act like the women we are and and placate the men out there. You know, I think that 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 when I was working as a stand-up comic, even though it was a while away, a while ago, I haven't really worked as a stand-up comic in 10 years. Um, And is that I just did it. And I always said, what are people getting paid? And, and what's, how much are we getting here? And what do we need? And what, you know, and they can hire me or not hire me, but um, you have to take, you have to not buy into it. You know, we have to we have to look at the stats and say yes, it's bad, and change it. We need to be a little more bold and say there is terrible sexism out there, and we're going to change it. As opposed to men are always putting us down, and we're always this way. And you know, that's that's what I'm. No, no, no. Nobody's saying let's let's have a wine fest, but women are speaking out, and that's why the Booker for the Letterman Show got fired in 2012. Yeah. Because he said, uh, women, I don't like to hire women comedians for the show because they try to act like men. That was his problem. You know, and when it came out that he said that, he <laughs> That's got the fired. That's isn't it? We're not, gonna lo- we're not going to uh, allow you on because you, you say things that are funny for women and you're isolating half the audience, but then we're not going to allow you on. Be- I mean, wow, and this, talk about and this, a catch-22. This booker, is, this booker is an old-time stand-up comic. He was on TV in, like, the 80s and so so they had a lot of attitudes, guys. They developed them, and they're still going. Women aren't funny, and they're just not listening. You know? But um, so, but women are fighting back. They're making it official, official complaints. People are getting fired. The law is the way equal rights come. You know, you'd like to say yeah. it's just because of what I said in the club. You know, I made equal rights, but it's not. It it, it comes down to the law. That's yeah. what brings civil rights. You know, one of the things that Ellen said in it's I don't know if it was in I think it was in an article, but it was not in one of her book things. But and I observed this myself seeing Ellen out on the road, is that she was <clears throat> completely closeted. She was when she was doing stand up. When she was yeah, just doing stand up. Yeah. She was completely stand completely closeted. She was afraid to socialize with anybody but men because if she felt like if men got a whiff of the fact that she was not attracted to them, that she would be um, put in a different category. And so she purposely would put herself on bills where there was only men so that she would be the only woman. And it was not because... She didn't like women or didn't like didn't have women friends or didn't know how to react to women. It was that she was afraid of being perceived differently by the men. And uh, so consequently, she got labeled by me and by lots of other female comics who 
happened to be on a bill with her or wanted to socialize with her because notoriously the women sort of banded together and socialized together so that we could support each other through gigs. And she got labeled as being aloof and somebody who didn't work and play well with others because she was so scared of losing um, her status as being uh, a working comic who commanded the headliner spot and who was closet, you know, she was closeted about stuff. Well, I, I, okay. I worked with her. I opened for her. I, I, I opened for Ellen DeGeneres and uh, she came up and sat with me at the bar and we had a very nice chat and she wasn't intimidated, but she was closeted. And I got up on stage and I said my opening line, uh, I'm not a lesbian. I'm just big boned. And they all like screamed with laughter because the audience I could see was mostly lesbians. So I said, oh, other people know. It's just, you know, the general public yeah. doesn't know. Well, where was this in know. her career? I'm saying that this was in the 80s. When yeah, I worked no, with her, it was in the 80s. Oh, no, this was the 90s. And so, she was still you know, eventually she became softer about stuff. But in the early part of her career, she was considered very aloof. And the other person that was kind of that way was Rosie O'Donnell. Yep. And she was she was required to tart it up and pretend. So we've we've all we there's more that stuff is is now there are lots of out lesbian comedians who just get up and do stand up. And they don't have to declare every five seconds that they're lesbians and people just know and they just do their observational comedy. There's some good people out there just like you don't have to declare that you're Jewish and that you don't have to declare that you're fat. You know, uh, <laughs> I used to get called the, you know, a girl who did fat jokes constantly. And, and until the end of my stand-up career, I never even mentioned fat. Mm-hmm. I used to never mention fat. Well, and I, I got but told. That whole, going back to that whole era of the, the Joan Rivers and, you know, wearing the baggy, saggy tent dress and all that kind of stuff, wasn't there a, a time yeah. in comedy where women had to disparage their own appearances? I mean, I remember seeing women who were not fat at all, at least not by my standards, talking about how yeah. fat they were. Um, so that whole they, disparaging your own appearance kind of thing was, yeah. right. uh, did you, you have to do that in order to? humor. Well, they yeah. have to do it not just for the men, but for the women in the audience so the women won't resent them. Because as Peggy said earlier, uh, women used to be intimidated by a woman who had her own career, was making her own money. But they're going, yep. well, this Cody Fields that I'm watching in Ed Sullivan, sure, she, she's prominent in making her own money, but she's yep. fat, and her husband doesn't think she's sexy, but my husband thinks I'm sexy. So, you know, so they feel okay about it. Yep. Mm. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fortunately, that part's changed. Fortunately, we don't have to tart ourselves up as much. Fortunately, no. we can. And and the more, I believe that the more women take their power and just say what the hell they want to say and be the kind of comic they want to be, it it will continue to be better. And yeah. we have to. And I think the final step for all comedians is that it's not about creating more and more crappy open mics and more and more places where women are performing in back rooms, um, you know, for other women, that we have to get out there and demand more money and get out there and put ourselves on stage. And when you see, for the women who are listening to this who are not comics, when you see a whole string of people 
and you see, and it's all, you know, white guys in suits, and you're bored with the comedy, tell the comedy club you want women, you want black people, you want Asians, you want, you want diversity, you want acts and, that are different. And another thing I suggest to those women who want to support women in comedy is take a group of women and reserve a table and go to the comedy club. Don't depend on your husband or boyfriend to go with you to the comedy club because I can't tell you how many times at the last minute the boyfriend or husband has gone, oh, I don't want to go out and see a woman comic. She's going to tear men to shreds and talk about her, period. Let's stay home and watch a movie. And the woman flunked out. So don't depend on a man as your date. Take a woman or a group of women as your date, and you will have the best time. You will laugh so much. Well, and I and think also that, though, just that takes go us to back the comedy to the club. Idea. Well, that 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 kind of takes us back to the whole thing of, you know, is there different humor? Do men laugh at things that are different? Um, I I remember I was married for a very long time, you know, and it seemed twice as long. Um, but I was always laughing at things, and my husband would look at me like I had two heads. Like, why on earth is that funny to you? Um, and and it was funny to me. I mean, I, I ran across a little thing the other day, and, and it's not uproariously funny, but it was a Twitter or, some, or a tweet that somebody did. And she said, if I had a time machine, I'd probably spend a lot of trips just going back 15 minutes so I can reheat my meals. I think that's yeah. funny because I know exactly what she's saying. I, I repeated yeah. that to a, a man that I knew, and he just kind of looked at me and blinked like, huh? You know, I mean, well, <laughs> I think yeah, but that we laugh but, at different things to a certain extent. Is that just my? But perception? the point is that if you if you go to the comedy clubs, I'm I'm just I'm just um, tweaking. I'm being a feminist, tweaking the way you phrased this. Uh-huh. That you have to be careful how you phrase that. You can't always say men laugh at things that are differently because more times than not, I get men coming up to me saying, "I didn't know I could like a woman comic." It's because you're not exposed to it. Just like the first ah. time you see somebody who's who's very black talking about their very black, culturally black experiences, the second time it's not as weird. You know? The second time yeah. you see a female comic, it's not as weird to you. That you, you learn to laugh at people for all kinds of things. That's why I say go to the comedy club and don't say – there's women on the bill. There's men on the bill. There's black on the bill. Go support the comedy club and look at the, the smorgasbord, the diversity of all the different kinds of people that you'll see at the comedy club. More people who just go well, to the club we, to laugh will be exposed to more humor in general. Of, uh, do we, I'm, you know, the people out here that are not professionals, do we as consumers of, of humor – tend to think we have to have permission to laugh at something that's funny if it's not our ethnicity or our gender or our... I think so, um, that laughter is something that's free, you know? Just go and laugh and experience something new, you know? It's, I can't remember the thing about, you know, the Twain comment that's about how travel, you know, it's when you learn something, travel... You learn something new. Shit, I can't remember what it is. But you, you, when you don't... When you, <laughs> what a great stand-up. <laughs> I did it again. I said it again. It breaks down walls. You know, yeah. how, how you meet people, it's not about saying, if you never go to France because you can't speak French, then shame on you. Yeah. Well, you know, you have so to just yeah. go and experience. It's a climate... Yeah. And I think a good thing now is they're seeing a lot of 
women stand-ups and funny women in general on TV more and more. So people are, go- are no longer going to think men versus women. They'll think, oh, funny women, women are funny. Let's go to the comedy club and see some funny women. It's happening. Well, I think that the last let's couple go to the years, the club last and few see, years, my, my more point and is, more let's women go to the are out there. Funny people. Yeah, let's go, let's yeah. see funny people. Let's stop labeling them as men and women. Let's just see lots of funny people and laugh at everything that's funny. And you're going to get some people and you're not going to get some people and try to experience all kinds of things so that you don't, you know, people, people, we've had a lot of trouble with that. The sketch comedy group that I'm in, we're called Dose Falopia. That's a very female thing. We do a Christmas show every year called Ham for the Holidays. And because we're two women in a sketch comedy group, you know, they say, oh, I, I don't think I want to go to that Christmas show. Now we have lots of men that come see us. It used to only be lesbians, you know, but yeah. I happen to be straight. And it's like, you know, it, it used to be that lesbians and feminists came to our show. Now everybody comes to our show. And, well, and, and Heather they're less surprised. Now, Heather wait a minute. What does Heather like? Heather and I, I like? tried to come to your show. Yeah. One year, one Christmas, Heather and I tried to come, and, and I was so dumb, I didn't realize it would be sold out. It was all sold yeah, out. Well, we couldn't you. get in. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder, okay. Go ahead, Tristan. I wonder if we'd even be talking about this if Hillary had won, or we'd all be like, yes, everything is possible for all women now. Sort of like when Obama oh, won. Oh, you don't going, think it's Racism is over. <laughs> no, I don't think that. I, I think that's utopia. Um, I wanted to, I, our time is going quickly, uh, but I wanted to also address um, what, what, what you call the blue humor, um, you know, talking talking dirty. Um, a lot of, I, w- I went to a comedy club a couple of years ago with a friend, and oh my God, this this guy on stage was so, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I can swear like a sailor if I want to. You know, I mean, it's it's not. I'm not easily offended. But this guy was like, whoa. I mean, he was well, just the, like I, I think dirty. And my friend and I went to stand up to leave because we, we just kind of thought, nah, you know, I mean, this isn't really funny. And when we stood up to leave, he started bashing us uh, the whole way yeah. out out of the room. And, and I just kind of went, whoa, it's going to be a long time before I set foot in a comedy club again. Uh, why the why the the dirty? And I know it used to be that there were some women that would really uh, just you know uh, not necessarily just dirty language, but you know filthy comedy. Da da da. I haven't seen that so much anymore. But of course, it's not. I, I remember years and years and years ago seeing Johnny Carson in person, <laughs> and whoa, was he filthy! So well, what's with the, the filthy is, humor? I think the clue is to know your audience. I never restricted myself as to what I could say, but I would know my audience. Early on, I was sent to perform at a Republican fundraiser, and unfortunately, <laughs> all I had was kind of kind of dirty body, penis, boob jokes, and I was just in terrible flop sweat because they had their arms and legs crossed, were scowling at me and shaking their heads the whole time I was up there. And I ran to the back of the room, and the male headliner pats me on the back. And he goes, he goes, I'll tell you what. I don't care what they think. All I care is what, that I get paid at the end of the set. And he goes, watch this. And he went up there, and he did the most filthy joke to open. 
And they were like, oh, ooh, ooh. And he just went on like that for half an hour, and he just didn't care. I have got to get a rhinoceros hide to be in this business. I have to not care. But as for dirty versus undirty, well, it's, I don't care. If it's, it's funny and it's brilliant, it's great to me. I don't care if it's dirty or clean. Yeah, I, I think you do have brilliant. to take the okay. temperature of the room. Yes. And I, I too, am, am very wary of censorship, especially where females are concerned. Because yep. we were told that some words were only for men. Yeah. Initially. <laughs> and, um, oh, yeah, you can't be as blue. I got told word. that all the time. <laughs> if you, re- you are a male, you reach puberty, they hand you your condom, your cigar, and your book of words that you are allowed to use. That's right. That's right. And, yeah. and I also had a real baby face and looked really young. And so I was a girl. I was always called a girl. When I first started, even though I was 21, I was pretty young. But, I mean, I got carded constantly in the first couple of years because I was very, you know, uh, zoptic, fresh-faced, baby face kind of thing. And I got told early on by all the comedians, male and female, you have too much of a baby face and you're a woman to pull off anything blue. So don't do anything blue. <laughs> and I was censored by everyone by club owners, by males, females, everyone said, you're not allowed to do that humor. And if Amy Schumer had said that, she wouldn't have a career. Right. She was told she could not be sexual, could not do any of those kinds of things. So that kind of stuff is changing. But absolutely, you should know your room. And the difference between a good comic, male or female, and a bad comic is someone who relies only on the blueness of their material and no material. Because when Lisa Lampanelli is doing it right, I yep. don't care if you're a preacher from someplace, she, she'll make you laugh because yep. she knows how to do it right. Because I say brilliance, and, not clean or dirty, doesn't matter. Yeah. Wow. You know, Don Rickles, even though it's old school, he knew how to do it right. Oh, He knew yeah. how to do the insults so it really didn't hurt anybody. And that's why you rarely you saw insult comedians, because only he could do it right. Very few can do that's it right. That's right. Is, that is it. And so, you know, that comic that you saw, blue or not blue, was a bad comic. And then yeah. he covered up his, his being bad by picking on you, which was a bully move. So yeah. he was a jerk, too. But <laughs> that didn't, I don't think, had to do with his blueness. I think that had to do with his badness. <laughs> uh-huh. and, and, Peggy, and Peggy and I have both worked with him many times. We, yeah. I don't know who it was, yeah. but we have and worked her. with him. And yeah. her. Yeah. We've had some hers that were that way, too. Yeah. It's like no content, so they're just going to say the F word over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. We have, and again, I, I, you know, when we were talking before, you guys were all concerned about speaking for an hour, but, you know, hey, it's gone quickly. Give me one one comment that you would have for a woman who wants to be funny, whether she wants to be prepaid for it or not. What comment would you have or, or what would you share with a woman who wants to be funny? Kristen? Peggy? <laughs> She's deferring to you, Peggy. <laughs> okay. I would say just do it. And um, just do it. And don't allow yourself to inhibit yourself by saying, I'm a woman, this is going to be difficult. Just do it. 
And part of my ignorance, because I told you my parents were encouraging me, is I didn't know that I couldn't do it. And I didn't get smacked up against the sexism until I was already in the middle of it. And so in that way, I had a leg up because I had that youth fearlessness that just head, went head on to it. And if you're going to be a good comic, you have to go head on, male or female. So get out and go to the clubs. If you enjoy humor, go to the clubs. If it's a very male place, screw them. Go to the clubs. Like Kristen said, bring your girlfriends. Bring whoever. Go to the clubs. And if you want to, if you want to perform, go to the clubs. I think what, one of the comments that you made earlier um kind of resonates with me, Peggy, and that is um, I never knew what folks got paid, you know, going to these clubs. But as I've learned more, I realize that the pay is horrible. It's horrible. And you go to those clubs, you buy a couple drinks, you know, the house is getting some money. I Can I, as a customer, just kind of, I mean, who would, I mean, I think it's terrible. Can I, Is there a place where a customer can say, you know, how much are you paying this guy and you're not paying him enough? Or, I mean, what what would the role of a of a customer be if they really wanted to, say, you know, give some bucks where the quality, you know, where where it matters? Or is there no role they, for the they customer? Can say, they can say, I liked uh, this, uh, this, this woman comedian like this and I'm going to bring, a, yeah. I'm gonna bring a, a group of people back uh, next month or in two months. So you have, yes. you have to book her down and let us know when she's going to be on again. Because I know a lot of people would love to see her. Yes, ah. and like you had that bad experience with the comic. Don't blame the comedy club. Just immediately say, I hated that comic. He was rude to me. I will never come and see that comic. And when you like a, a comic, male or female, I like that comic. I will see them again. And just like they say that signature, you know, every signature is worth 10,000 people or something like that, right. you know, uh-huh. the people who actually take the time to fill out the comic cards and say, I like this comedian and put it in writing, there was male or comic- female, that comic will come back because they like a- money more than they like. Yeah. Okay, there was a, there was a comic who had gone to, um, you know, a 12-step group to overcome a substance abuse program, and as a result of that, he had suddenly turned very Christian, and where he'd, begin, he'd been a popular comic before, now he would start singing Christian songs and stuff on stage. And I was working with him once, and a whole group of t- people got up and walked out. And I went out after him. I go, what's wrong? And they go, we already told the owner we don't want to hear that guy's act, that kind of act. But it was very obvious. I thought, well, I bet he didn't get booked there again. Wow. That well, is the way to do it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. What, huh. what I would say to okay. I hope when you when you left the comedy club that you told them that guy was rude to me. You know. You know I, I I'm ho- sorry and, to say that I did not. I mean, at that point, my friend and I were just kind of like tuck, ducking our heads down and heading out the door. Yep. Because um, it was just such a whoa. You know. I mean. Yeah. Uh, you you just don't expect to be attacked like that. But that's been many years, and I've never gone back to that club. Okay, what I would say to young up-and-coming women who want to be comedians is don't be over, overly influenced by what you're seeing right now on today on TV because the producers are only putting on stage this, on TV the same kind of women comics. They're in their 30s. They wear tight, short dresses, maybe heels, 
and they talk about all the sex they're having and how much they love to drink whiskey. It's just booze, blowjobs, and yeah. vagina, which is attractive to, I think, male TV producers. They're kind of titillated and they think she's funnier than she is because they're uh, not that I'm putting any women down good for them getting ahead but there's only a certain small type of woman getting on TV today whereas out there in yeah. the clubs there's thousands of women of all body types all, all yep. ethnicities and they all need to be heard But so yep. be yourself learn your voice you won't get anywhere until you find your voice and it will take a while to find it don't be discouraged yeah I agree. Well, one of the things that I've noticed, too, is that where are the old women who are making people laugh? I don't see them anywhere. I don't see them. We get tired. I don't see any. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, there aren't very many old men out there making people laugh, either. They're really honest. One thing is the audience, unfortunately, stays the same age, 20s to yeah. 40s. It's some exceptions, yeah. but basically the audience stays the yeah. same there age. There aren't many people at all over over 60 doing any kind of comedy. Unless they're stars, male or female. Unless they became a superstar, you know. Yeah. It's just talking to kids suddenly. And, and whereas I used to do jokes about my life as a 30-something woman dating, I'm not in that life anymore. My act is too young for me now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to write an act about uh, menopause. That doesn't appeal to me. It's already been done. So, you yeah. know, ugh, I did it. I well, did there's it. only I did so much laughing stuff. you can do about that, quite frankly. So. Yeah. I know. Uh, it's I'm a younger person's game. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and that's that's part of I think that's the nature of stand up comedy and, and eventually we, we unless you happen to be a superstar, you know, we're 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 journeymen. We're we're worker bees, Kristen and I. Yeah. Um yeah. we we never reached nat- national success. And and now it would take an act of you know, it would take a miracle for us to be national successes. But we're working comics, and the working comics are more in their 30s and 40s. One of the women that has always made me laugh, and she's older than my generation. I mean, she's, uh, you know, uh, but I have often read things that Gracie Allen had to say. And they are funny things. And I think what I like about her is that she's, I think I haven't seen her a lot in you know in, in old clips, but I think she was she kind of kept the persona of a woman that, that a woman was supposed to have at that age, uh, in that era, and I think that she kind of projected the ditzy thing, but her comments, um, I love her, some of her comments. Am I the only one who who appreciates Gracie a good Gracie Allen comment? Is that too passe for you too? Well, no, but what she did was she twisted it. You know, she, yeah. she, she, she ended up saying, I'm the smartest person in the room. Just like when you're, I, I take care of a Down syndrome man and he is oftentimes the smartest person in the room. And, yeah. um, it's, um, you have to look at the source material and she was able to twist that around and say, um, and make us laugh at the quote unquote, uh, you know, idiot. But, um, when she was the smartest person in the room. Yeah. Well, I always end the show with a quote, and so today I have a Gracie Allen quote. Um, It's not particularly politically astute. It's not particularly anything except that it makes me laugh. A friend asked her doctor if a woman should have children after 35. I said 35 children is enough for any woman. (laughs) I've always found that funny. What can I tell you? Ladies, thank you both 
very much for being with me. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate your expertise, and I appreciate all of the wisdom that you shared. Join us next week. We'll tackle another topic that has to do with your life as a woman.